Experts claim there is nothing tougher than a diamond. But at Diamonds Direct, we beg to differ. Have you ever met a mother? Strong, radiant, timeless. This Mother's Day, give her the gift that meets her match. With diamond jewelry starting at $200, plus Diamonds Direct's exceptional quality and unbeatable everyday price, you're sure to give her a gift that wows this generation and the next to come. Experience the thrill of jewelry shopping done right at Diamonds Direct. Diamonds Direct. Your love, our passion. Live Nation presents Concert Week. From now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 summer shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirks Bentley, Janet Jackson, Megan Trainer, Peso Pluma, Sean Paul, Sum 41, and many more. For way less. Grab your tickets now through May 14th to see all of the artists you love all summer long. For just $25. $25 each. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert to buy now. That's LiveNation.com slash Concert to buy now. When you think about the future, what kind of technology do you envision? Whatever the future holds, artificial intelligence will undoubtedly be at the heart of it all. Join Graham Class as he hosts Season 2 of Technically Speaking, an Intel podcast, and hear from the minds transforming healthcare, retail, entertainment, personal computing, and more with the help of AI. Tune in every other Tuesday and explore the latest technology that's changing our world today and creating a more accessible tomorrow. Listen to Technically Speaking, an Intel podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Kakadu Plum is an Australian native superfood containing 100 times more vitamin C than oranges. So why have you never heard of it? PR. No one's drinking a Kakadu smoothie? I'm JB Smooth, and that was a full episode of my new podcast, Straightforward. Inspired by guaranteed straightforward pricing from AT&T Fiber. Get what you want without the complicated. AT&T Fiber, live like a gagillionaire. Available wherever you get your podcast. Limited availability in select areas. Visit at slash hypergig for details. From UFOs to psychic powers and government conspiracies, history is riddled with unexplained events. You can turn back now or learn the stuff they don't want you to know. A production of iHeartRadio's How Stuff Works. Hello. Welcome back to the show. My name is Matt. My name is Noel. They call me Ben. We are joined, as always, with our super producer, Paul Mission Control Deccant. Most importantly, you are you. You are here. And that makes this stuff they don't want you to know. Let's begin today's episode uh, a little bit differently. We received an email. We receive a lot of emails. Some of the best suggestions for show topics come from our favorite part of the show, your fellow listeners. This email comes to us from a guy we'll call Jonathan B., because that is his name. Jonathan B. says, Good evening, gentlemen. I have two ideas that I have genuine questions about and would honestly like an open-minded answer to. I feel you guys give a fair perspective, and I'd like to hear your thoughts on these matters. And Jonathan's email goes on for a while, but he had one point uh, that we wanted to investigate today in this episode, and it is the U.S. citizenship question on the U.S. Census. Jonathan's questions are, why is this uh, seen as offensive and wrong to ask? And what about those who believe the question should be on there? How were their voices heard? You know, these are pretty good questions, 
right? I think a lot of people who've been paying attention from 2018, 2019 as we gear up to the census have heard uh, at least about this debate. And it brings us to some basic questions for everybody listening. Uh, we're mainly going to be focusing on the United States today. However, if you live in any country in the world, the odds are there's something like a census in your neck of the global woods. Like you guys participated in the last census, which was 2010 here, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I guess so. I love I love that I needed to provide how many people, including babies, live at my current residence. I don't think I did that. Was it like mandatory? Am I going to get in trouble? So like not doing your taxes? Wait, you you didn't do your census? No? I don't know. Like no one came to me. No one brought me one. Was I supposed to like find it myself? I think wow. you get something in the mail. Okay. <laughs> I guess I'm not a good citizen. We've established that from the jump. Well, it's it's tough because it's it's a matter of herding so many cats. We're a species where legitimately more than 12 people can't seem to get along, right? That's why we cut juries off at 12. Mm-hmm. Uh, and now we're asking millions, hundreds of millions of people to answer questions, and we're trying to get all our ducks in a row, it's, it's a Herculean, impossible task. And the census is a pretty unique experience, right? Here in the States, we've been pretty pro-census since all the way back in 1790. That first census, uh, the census is mandated by the Constitution. It was instituted by George Washington. And uh, ever since that point, our country has conducted one of these things Every 10 years, every decade. As a matter of fact, as we record today's episode, it is 2020, and Uncle Sam is once again gearing up for the census. However, this time around, uh, it's it's become a little bit different. As you could tell from Jonathan's earlier email, the census has become a hotbed of controversy, and at least more so than in the past, actually. And it's become the subject of no small amount of criticism, as well as, of course, conspiratorial allegations. But to look at the um, controversy about the citizenship question on a census, we have to start at the beginning. What the heck is a census actually? Well, here are the facts. Before we hit the facts, uh, well, maybe this is a fact. It makes sense that the census is having a really rough time. It's just going through changes right now. It makes census. It makes census because it's 23. It's number 23. It's turning 23. <laughs> oh, it's like early 20s, you know, really going through. Does that mean through. it can rent a car now or no? <laughs> no, not quite yet. Right? It can't be president yet. Yeah. But, you know, it's it's learning a lot about itself, uh, I would say. Yeah. And we're And it really is interesting, this episode. I'm really happy that we're doing this. Just want to put that out there. This is the kind of thing that is tough to talk about, as was said by our, you know, our listener who who wrote to us. There we're gonna we're gonna talk about some things that make us and you and everyone in the world a little uncomfortable, but it's important. Well, if we didn't make you a little uncomfortable, we wouldn't be doing our job, right? A little, just a little uncomfortable. There you go. So let's let's get to the facts. Let's do it. Uh, the concept of a census is, in fact, ancient. At least nine separate censuses, 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 yeah, uh, are mentioned in the Bible. Historians uh, don't quite agree on when the first North American census occurred. Some argue that the first one was in 1576, 200 years before America gained independence from the British. Uh, Spanish King Philip II, who wanted information on some of his colonies 
colonies and what taxes they paid, reasonable, uh, sent American Indians through what is now Mexico with a list of 100 questions, slightly less reasonable. The Indians spoke no Spanish, of course, so they recorded the answers in hieroglyphs and uh, made maps the same exact way. Very interesting process here. Others claim it occurred in Canada, uh, then known as New France. Uh, it was conducted by Jean Talon on behalf of the French king. Talon uh, apparently himself went door to door during the winter of 1665 through 66 and uh, counted 3,215 people of European descent. Now, there's an important point here because you'll notice – when we talk about the disagreement over the first census in North America, both of those possible predecessors to the U.S. census are also European in nature. So it's quite possible, say, that the population of Cahokia or something had their own version of a census or one of the empires in Mesoamerica. These are the ones we know about because we have documentation. Can I jump back to the Bible really fast? Please. I feel like we just hit it and then went yeah. away. Because we're about to talk about why in the United States the census exists and what it's about, right? The reasoning behind having one. In the Bible, at least it appears from a lot of the verses and the stories in which those verses are contained, that the census was used to keep track of certain populations. Right. I mean, all populations, but very specifically certain tribes of Israelites mm -hmm. are in there, and it's the way it's spoken about in those verses. It seems like attempting to make sure that those numbers don't get too high or the or at times make sure those numbers are rising. Or make sure that those people are located in the right region or not moving into a neighborhood where they're not desired. Yeah, it's it's weird. And also, did you – I know you like Mitchell and Webb, uh, the Mitchell and Webb look. Do you remember that sketch about the, the Good Samaritan? There's, oh, yes. I, yes, I do. <laughs> it's so ridiculous. Uh, we see a little bit of the prevalent uh, and uh, widespread discrimination and racism in the Bible uh, just based on, on that sketch, uh, which was written by atheists, but is still pretty hilarious. Uh, but yeah, I just want to put that out yeah. there before we jump into in the U.S. how uh, – well, at least on paper or, or in, you know um, – in actionable terms, the reasoning behind the census. For sure, yeah. Make no mistake, the first census in the U.S., as innocuous as it may seem now, the first census was entirely meant to figure out how many dudes were eligible to join the army. How many people can we put on the ground with guns in the trenches? How many people can we send to die? Well, yeah, and where they are within the the territory. Mm -hmm. So, like, how many men can be deployed from this area, right? Right. And this was a big project. 650 U.S. Marshals took 18 months to figure this out, and they were flying by the seat of their pants or their horses were <laughs> running by the seat of their hooves because they had— uh, they were literally taking, you guys, quill pens and whatever scrap of paper they could find. That was the process and going house to house and being and asking, uh, asking like six questions, which were all did not age well. They aged like milk, as Reddit would say, from questions like, "How many people in your household are white free men under <laughs> si over sixteen? How many are white free men in general? How many are uh, white free women?" Okay, how many are free people and then how many are slaves? It was like that kind of stuff. Yikes. No household income question, no um, 
none of the the more nuanced questions that exist today. This whole project took more than a year, 18 months. It cost $45,000. That's about 1.25, so 1.26 million in today's cash. And that sounds expensive until you compare it with the 2020 census, the one happening this year, next month, in fact. It is projected to cost $15.6 billion. Yeah, yeah. B-b-b-billion? Uh-huh. B-b-b-billion. Wow. It works out to a little bit less than $100 per household. That's insane. Is it – I mean, I don't know. I don't want to poo-poo on the, the census party or anything, but is it really that valuable? Are there not better ways to do it, to like do Nielsen's like the way you do for television readings? Nielsen's are a horrible <laughs> way yeah. to do things. I know, but it's at least you don't have to go door to door. I mean, you can get – like is, is it – does it have to be like really precise? Like what well, are we using this information for? You're, you're talking about sample size of like as in Nielsen I know. versus I'm, I'm, the I'm entire thing. Yeah. I mean how do you blanket every – thing, right? If you're because we're we're talking about it a little bit later maybe, but if right now if you're going to propose to do it electronically, you'd have to guarantee that at least one person from each household has access to the internet, a machine that can access that internet uh has the understanding like the full understanding of who all lives in that house, you know, the income, the all the questions that are included in the census. Um th- I mean it's obviously going to go there and it's going to have to go there at some point, I think. But right now, if you tried to do that, you would get a sample size. That's true. It's a good point, Matt. It's, it's also a good point that the technology is outdated. There is, in theory, an opportunity to get a better answer. But it sounds like the – I want to address the, the first question you asked there, Noel, which is, is this worth it? That's a, that's a great question. Mm-hmm. The answer is yes, uh, but maybe not in the way people think. So now the census is less concerned with figuring out – uh, who they can take from a house and put on a battlefield and more concerned with political power. In the, in the United States, the main purpose of the census is to figure out how many seats each state receives in the U.S. House of Representatives. Since 1911, there have been 435 seats in the House. Each state gets at least one. Even if you're a really small state like Delaware in terms of population, you get one. But wait, you might be saying, aren't there big differences between how many representatives are in each state? And isn't that a little screwy? Yes, you're correct on both both counts, folks. <laughs> yes, there's a big difference. And yes, it is screwy. Because these extra representational seats are apportioned by population or assigned by population, the most populous states get the most seats. That's why you have a, a huge state like California with 53 seats in the House of Representatives. And then, you know, like Delaware, sorry, not picking on you, Delaware, Alaska and South Dakota only have one representative. That's the legal purpose. And that's where a lot of the conspiracy actually hinges today. And the Constitution describing the census just lists it as a, quote, enumeration of inhabitants, but it's evolved into something else along the way as our uh, our methodologies and our metrics get more and more sophisticated. Now, this gives us a window into the habits of people living in the United States uh, and it tells us a whole lot about them. That's right. I mean, it, it does do kind of the, the same thing in theory that a Nielsen poll does um, in terms of getting a demographic snapshot, right? It's a little bit more of a 
looking for trends kind of situation, right? So uh, we might be trying to see uh, where the population is growing, where it's declining. Are people moving? How many people live in the big cities? How many children are there in average households? And then there's some controversial ones that potentially are a little bit divisive how these these might be used. Um, What is the racial and ethnic breakdown of particular regions and overall? Uh, And all this is important for a few reasons. Right. It's great for quiz shows like Jeopardy. Uh, These stats are handy and and what uh, the podcast industry a few years ago used to call snackable. Go ahead and cringe with us to that one. Uh, Second reason it's important is that federal and state governments heavily rely on census data to budget for social welfare programs. Isn't it crazy to get an update every 10 years? Every 10 years, You're yeah. Like, All right, for 10 years, we're going to use these statistics. <laughs> <laughs> we'll get back to you, right? Yeah, we'll get some updates here and there. So if you're born the year after the census, you're just kind of out in the wild Sorry. Uh, for, for a decade. But th- this, is, this is important, too, because I want to hit on that term. Uh, for some reason, the term social and the term welfare have both become uh, seen as like bad words, right? Sure. But social welfare is part of the duty of a state in one degree or another. Some states in the past have have approached it differently, like theocracies award certain rights to people who follow the state religion while punishing others. Uh, There have been more nationalistic states, you know, that only grant certain rights to certain ethnicities. But if you look at every state, every state in history, they have some form of what we would call social welfare. It's sort of like if you are in a country club, think of a country like a country club. Yes. You pay dues and a set schedule. Those are your taxes. And in return for that, you get certain things like protection from, say, another country club that for some reason has an army. <laughs> or, yeah. You know what I mean? Or you get to use the golf course, stuff like that. Yeah, there are, there are perks to being a member of it. Right. It's a club. You pay dues. So but it's mostly so you can get into a darkened room with other people of your social strata. Mm-hmm. They're in a different industry maybe. And steeple your fingers, right? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> so it is true that cities and private industry alike, they use these figures to do things like planning hospital expansions. Where are we seeing a lot of kids being born? Let's put some money into like, you know, New York is exploding. We need more maternity wards or something like that. And that's just an example we're making up. But that pretty much tracks. Where do we need to prepare for new housing developments? Where do we need to build more schools? Yeah. And that's a huge deal. And it has nothing to do – in this way, it has nothing to do with performance necessarily of like how a school is doing, how a group of teachers are doing or students are doing on standardized testing. That's a whole other thing. In this case, it's just how many people are in this area and how many schools are there. Butts and seats, right? That's it. And this is a huge amount of cash. So we said uh, we named a pretty crazy number for the cost of the census in 2020. It's going to be over 15 Billion, or as you said, no, b- b- billion dollars. Yeah, how how could that be worth it? Right? Well, yeah, we have to consider it's in, it's investing uh, almost sixteen billion dollars to figure out what to do with the more than six hundred and seventy five billion dollars that federal and state governments put toward public service and infrastructure. So 
this data is crucial. It is so profoundly important. And that's why everybody who lives in the U.S. right now, everybody who lives here, regardless of your immigration status, regardless of your citizenship status, everyone is technically required by law not only to fill out the census form but to not lie on it, basically. I must have done it. I must have just blanked it out because it was such a benign activity. Yeah. I should have looked at it as like doing my, you know, social duty though, like in the same way that, you know, jury duty, right? But 2010 was a weird year. It just kind of happened and then it was over and uh, I don't remember much of it, honestly. Well, you, I, you would distinctly remember both of you doing the census. Did, you, was, did you someone come to your door? Did you get something in the mail? What was the process like for you guys? It was mailer for me. Okay. Well, I, I remember because I have, I have certain. There, there's no gotcha answers on the census, or there weren't. Um, so that might be part of why you don't remember it. But I remember any government form like that because there are answers. There, there are things I have to like legally put in mm. that are different enough that I remember when I write them down just because just because it's you know it's one of those things where you have to like check other and then like you have to explain yourself I mean Dude, so I have those these days I fill out things by hand so infrequently that alone would be like a memory jogger you know mm-hmm. I just have to say remember we are you know ostensibly three white males you know mostly in this room who are like doing okay financially and all these things like it's a different experience for us than it is for a lot of other people sure right yeah i mean just making sure to put out there just if you're talking about my wife who is cuban Mm. it becomes a very strange thing and what you're talking about having to kind of clarify some things you know that yeah that aren't it's not just a standard mark a box and it's always a weird it's always a weird feeling when you get a form from a government or a large institution that says, explain yourself. Yes. Wait, what's your whole deal? <laughs> are you are you are you white? Are you Latin X? What kind? Which exactly. you know what I mean? Like those questions, uh, those questions can seem really off-putting, especially the stuff about race or ethnicity, you know? And there are a lot of people who would legally put uh, other Especially, you know, in the like we have to consider now in 2020, many more people have DNA test results. There are many more people who would have normally checked just one one thing. You oh, know? it's going to be so interesting. And then they and now they're like, well, I am definitely not just one thing because race is such a a social construct to yeah. begin with. So, oh, that's great, Ben. I haven't I haven't I mean, thought about changing. that as like as the census approaches. So wow, this is this is the thing though. This is the law. Everybody who lives here, regardless of whether or not you have your citizenship, you're supposed to fill this out. The idea being that this this is a team effort, and this helps us figure out where to put our where best to put our collective dues that we've been paying all the time. Aside from hospitals and aside from schools and all that other stuff, there is a sinister side to the census, but we'll get to that in a moment. First, let's look at the census today after a quick word from our sponsor. 
Live Nation presents Concert Week. From now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 summer shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirks Bentley, Janet Jackson, Megan Trainer, Peso Pluma, Sean Paul, Sum 41, and many more. For way less. Grab your tickets now through May 14th to see all of the artists you love all summer long. For just $25. $25 each. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert Week to buy now. That's LiveNation.com slash Concert Week to buy now. Snag a job is where America goes to hire with the deepest talent pool in hourly hiring. With access to over 6 million active hourly workers, Snag a Job is the all-in-one solution for hiring high-quality employees who can cover all your needs. On demand, tempt to hire part-time or full-time. You name the position warehouse worker, retail associate, grocery store clerk, fitness trainer, baker, stylist, bellhop, podcast producer. Yeah, Snagajob's got a worker for that. With our easy-to-use platform, you're able to seamlessly post and fill available positions quickly with a dedicated customer support team to provide all the help you need along the way. Kind of nice knowing you have a talent pool like that in your own backyard, right? Snagajob is the partner you need to keep your business running smoothly. So visit snagajob.com or text snag to 242424 to talk to an expert. Snagajob.com, where America goes to hire. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow the global story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. When you think about the future, what kind of technology do you envision? Whatever the future holds, artificial intelligence will undoubtedly be at the heart of it all. Join Graham Class as he hosts Season 2 of Technically Speaking, an Intel podcast from Ruby Studio in partnership with Intel. Explore the future of technology that's rapidly evolving our world today with the help of AI. There's still so much work and research needed to fully understand the power and potential of AI. And Intel is at the forefront of implementing AI and revolutionary technology that's changing the world we live in for the better. In each episode, Graham interviews the minds transforming medicine and healthcare, retail, entertainment, personal computing, and more while pioneering new uses for AI in these spaces. So tune in every other Tuesday and explore the latest technology that's changing our world today and creating a more accessible tomorrow. Listen to Technically Speaking, an Intel podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. And we're back. So the census today, this year at least, 2020, it's already started. If you were worried about the census for one reason or another, put your worries in present tense because it's happening now. On January 21st, the U.S. Census Bureau started counting populations, and they actually started in the remote wilderness of Alaska, specifically a rural Alaskan village called Tuksuk Bay or T-O-K-S-O-O-K Bay. And 
This won't hit the majority of Americans until mid-March 2020, next month. That's when households across the nation, including yours if you live here, quite possibly, will start receiving invitations to complete the census. You can respond a couple of different ways. You can respond online. You can respond in the mail. Uh, they, they want to give you multiple avenues to let them know who you are and what your deal is. Right? Yeah, it really is a fun season that we're in, you guys. We get to fill out the census and then immediately, if you haven't yet, scramble to get your taxes filed. Oh, yeah, that's right. I, uh, you know what I wish they would do on the census is make it just a. I know this sounds irresponsible. But make it just a little more fun. Have some randomly distributed wild card questions, like hypothetical. Mm. Like if you were an animal, what a- animal would you be? You know, and, and <laughs> a trivia I, section or a Mad Lib, perhaps. Right, right, yeah. yeah. And then maybe because it's the census. Don't let people just write in the animal. Just give them a choice of like seven animals that have no, that are not particularly popular choices. You know, if if the next Batman movie could contain any villain, what would it be and why? Calendar <laughs> Man. That would be appropriate for the census and tax season. God, Count. Do you guys remember? Are you familiar with DC Comics? Sure. Somewhat, calendar yeah. Man. There was that was real. Yeah, there's a real Calendar Man. Look him up. He has no superpowers. Is he like an accountant by day? Like no, he has a costume that's just calendars. What's his superpower? Can he like he doesn't can, have can manipulate time? No, yeah, he knows exactly what happened every day of every year Got at it. any moment. He's calendar an inventor. <laughs> He's a calendar themed inventor. So many DC villains have no powers. They just have weird costumes and then they have a thing they love. Like, I was so surprised that Captain Boomerang made it into Suicide Squad. Yeah, dude. His whole thing is that he is, he is a bogan stereotype. You know what a bogan is? It's an Australian, I forget the redneck, basically. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, or a chav. Uh, that, that, that has nothing <laughs> to do with the census. Uh, Captain Boomerang, let us know your your weirdest DC villain. Let us know who you think would be in a Batman movie. Uh, and let us know what you think about the idea of some mad libs or some hypotheticals, some fun questions on the census. What happens next? So we're at mid-March. People are starting to get the letters. And now the Census Bureau has to deal with one of the biggest problems they will deal with in the course of their investigation, which is finding people who have – slip through the system or live on the edges of it. So that's why they'll spend three days projected, uh, March 30th to April 1st, attempting to count the number of people who are currently experiencing homelessness. Only three days. Isn't that crazy? Only three days. Yeah, the number of people involved must be staggering. So they, they'll go to shelters, they'll go to soup kitchens, mobile food vans, they'll go to places on the streets. You know, every city or town does have a place where you see people who have to sleep rough. They tend to congregate there maybe for shelter or something. I wonder if they employ any kind of social services assistance. I mean, I know a lot of those organizations are so strapped for, you know, um, resources already. I, I kind of think not. But I also do think that just your average – census worker going into situations like that, there could be some potential for some, uh, you know, tricky situations, I would think. Right. Like imagine uh, imagine you are a census worker. You're a college student who just found a cool temporary job and you're in L.A. Uh, and you're not, you're not from L.A. for some reason. You're, you're unfamiliar with the territory and you have to go to Skid Row. Right. 
You know what I mean? You would probably want someone who has on-the-ground experience and familiarity. I think that's a very good point. Or just approaching a rural home somewhere in Iowa yes. or something, you know? Or in Georgia. You know, Georgia has a lot of separatist groups. Yeah. The sovereign state of uh, – the, the sovereign nation of Georgia is one of my favorites. So you know what they got in trouble for actually out of all their stuff? They got in trouble for printing their own license plates and I their remember. own IDs. Yeah. yeah. Oh, man. But, but, but really, you know, walking onto someone's property where there are laws in states that say you can fire a weapon at someone and stand your, your property. Yeah. Um, it's, yeah, that's a terrifying thought. Sicking a dog on you, yeah. for instance. Or maybe uh, even accidentally. I had a, you know, I, I had an old associate who took a job in 2010 working for the census because he liked the hourly pay. And he had some war stories, man. He had, to, he had to drive out into the boonies and met a few people who were convinced that the census was a, a sign of the end times, uh, government overreach, that there were things in the book of Revelations in their version of the Bible that were tracking with what was happening now, specifically with the uh, census and how social security numbers are the number of the beast and things like that, you know? Barcodes, man. Exactly. Yeah, like the UPC thing. Yeah, dude. Uh, so, so here we go. These these people are trying their best, and the people working for the Census Bureau are not uh, – they are not participating in some sort of vast overarching conspiracy or at least not consciously. Yeah, the person at your door. Right, right. It's, it's just like if you have a problem with um, – What's the most hated company in the world right now or in the U.S.? It's Comcast, right? Every year. <laughs> really? It is. It is. Yeah. Yeah. Survey <laughs> show. Every every year, Comcast has been the number one most hated company. It's so funny. Is it, do you think it's because of customer service or just like perceptions yes. of greed? No, it's customer service. But I've never had a problem with Comcast. I would agree with you, I think, 95% of the time. But okay. it is one of the only companies where I've had a terrible experience one time. There's even <laughs> a thing, and not, not to be like a Comcast apologist, but like my my internet went down the other day. There's even a thing where you can look for outages in your area and actually use your phone to restart your modem, and it fixed it instantly. So I, I'm as far as I'm concerned, Comcast is a okay. Yeah. Well, they did change their name to Xfinity because the heat got too I bad. I remember that after they after <laughs> they I, I can't remember which year it was. Uh, that set them over the threshold, but they won worst company in the U.S. like after some amount of years. So maybe it's just that when people have problems with them, they're very bad. But yeah, so the reason I bring up Comcast is, you know, even if you have a problem with your telecom company, you have to be a human being or a, an impersonate one for a minute and realize that the person you're talking to on the phone has nothing to do with your problem. Exactly. You know, they're being paid there to keep the people who are causing your problem from having to deal with you directly. That's what they are. They're infantry being thrown uh, into the front lines. Whoa. It's, I feel like there's some kind of thing matching up there with the census and allocating how many fighters there are. Oh, gosh, uh, yeah. Weird. I know. Well, that's – Look, I'm not saying anything about my personal opinion of Comcast. I'm just saying the the results of what have, what has happened, right? Yeah. So it's true. You have to be a human. The people asking these questions are not out to get you. They don't want to ruin your life. Uh, by April 1st, 
April Fool's Day, uh, the census day is observed nationwide. How crazy is that? Yeah. On April Fool's Day is when the census is observed. Well, this this is the um, this is like the milestone date where every home should have received an invitation to participate in the census, and like every census before it, to the points we made earlier, the 2020 census is not going to be perfect. You know, Ben, when you call it an invitation, it does sound a little more fun. It's like <laughs> getting invited to a party or something. The census. Yeah. Invitation makes you feel special. Uh, yeah, no, it's true. And this one in particular has got some uh, some kind of sticky sticky wickets wrapped up in it, doesn't it? It's true. Uh, we know already going in that, like every other census, not everyone's going to be counted for one reason or another. In the U.S., there's a very large population of people who live pretty much off the grid. You know, folks who go from uh, and I'm, I'm just pulling examples here. I'm not stereotyping anyone, but like folks who go from one rainbow gathering to another or one uh, Burning Man kind of event to another and and live maybe in a vehicle yeah, or live in a campsite, they're probably – they have a very high chance of being missed by the census. Someone who's living in a hotel for an extended period of time or moving around mm. ho- in hotels. I don't know if you've ever been to a fish concert, but there's a lot of people that go to those, so – Assuming many of those have not been counted. <laughs> a ton right. of people could just be at fish concerts just, yeah, perpetually exactly. while the census mm-hmm. arrives at their place of residence, wherever it may be. Mm-hmm. <laughs> here's, my, here's my pitch for a, uh, for a new Netflix miniseries. It's, it's the crack team of census bureau specialists who have to find those people at fish concerts. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Tracking, right. tracking them down, following fish, trying to get the census questions. Yeah, we'll do it kind of like the wire with this gritty noir thing, and we'll but we'll invent our own slang for it. Oh, that's great! So it's like you know, people like you. You have to be in that squad if you're either uh, a problematic, brilliant veteran, or you've been busted down in the organization because of some slight, and they're like, "Oh, we're gonna send you off to count fish heads." That's really great, Idris Elba. Is running the office there. Uh, cool, yeah. Let him keep the British accent too, for some <laughs> yeah. reason. Yeah. <laughs> oh, then it becomes really sinister. That it's like <laughs> it's somehow Great Britain infiltrating and trying to gather intel. Ooh, I like. You're it. always a step ahead, Matt. I love that. <laughs> and then we could have uh, what was that uh, uh, monarchical couple who moved? Uh, Meghan Markle. Markle, yeah. And the the um, prince. One of those guys. Yeah. Yeah, Harry or William. Got a 50-50 chance of getting that one. Yeah. Uh, I think it was Harry. Yeah, maybe they could have a cameo. You know, we could we, they, we could oh, go a couple different directions. It's like a door opens at some point and uh, Idris Ilba is like, what? <laughs> and, and it's the prince. And he's like, shh, you do have the data. <laughs> you have the data. <laughs> we need to know. How many free white males are oh, over God. 16? Okay. And then he says, uh, your highness, your princeness, uh, we don't use oh. those questions anymore. Oh, my gosh. And all goes back to Brexit. They're trying to gather as it's many Brexit. people of British descent <laughs> back to the island. It's Brexit. <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, I mean, jokes aside, the census does sound like a great idea. Not for nothing have thousands of other uh, civilizations and states used this in the past. It makes sense. But like you said earlier, guys, it's becoming increasingly controversial. As a matter of fact, 
people on both sides of the political divide in this country allege there is something rotten about the entire thing, especially this year. Why? We'll tell you after a word from our sponsor. Live Nation presents Concert Week. From now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 summer shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirks Bentley, Janet Jackson, Megan Trainer, Peso Pluma, Sean Paul, Sum 41, and many more. For way less. Grab your tickets now through May 14th to see all of the artists you love all summer long. For just $25 each. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert to buy now. That's LiveNation.com slash Concert to buy now. Snag a job is where America goes to hire with the deepest talent pool in hourly hiring. With access to over 6 million active hourly workers, Snag a Job is the all in one solution for hiring high quality employees who can cover all your needs. On demand, tempt to hire part time or full time. You name the position warehouse worker, retail associate, grocery store clerk, fitness trainer, baker, stylist, bellhop, podcast producer. Yeah, Snagajob's got a worker for that. With our easy-to-use platform, you're able to seamlessly post and fill available positions quickly with a dedicated customer support team to provide all the help you need along the way. Kind of nice knowing you have a talent pool like that in your own backyard, right? Snagajob is the partner you need to keep your business running smoothly. So visit snagajob.com or text snag to 242424 to talk to an expert. Snagajob.com, where America goes to hire. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow the global story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. When you think about the future, what kind of technology do you envision? Whatever the future holds, artificial intelligence will undoubtedly be at the heart of it all. Join Graham Class as he hosts Season 2 of Technically Speaking, an Intel podcast from Ruby Studio in partnership with Intel. Explore the future of technology that's rapidly evolving our world today with the help of AI. There's still so much work and research needed to fully understand the power and potential of AI. And Intel is at the forefront of implementing AI and revolutionary technology that's changing the world we live in for the better. In each episode, Graham interviews the minds transforming medicine and healthcare, retail, entertainment, personal computing, and more while pioneering new uses for AI in these spaces. So tune in every other Tuesday and explore the latest technology that's changing our world today and creating a more accessible tomorrow. Listen to Technically Speaking, an Intel podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Here's where it gets crazy. So the census has been um, the subject of not one, but several conspiracies over over its time uh, in the United States. But 2020 in particular um, has really been a doozy. It's seen the rise of a new phenomenon competing allegations. So here, here's what it boils down to. Uh, much 
of uh, these allegations hinge on the so-called citizenship question, uh, which is just what it sounds like. It's as simple as that. It's are you a citizen of the United States? Mm. Yeah. Why? Which, which seems on its face like such an easy question. Yes or no, but it's there's a lot wrapped up in that question. There's a lot of nuance. There certainly is, especially when you take into account current events over the past, well, let's say, five, six years. Sure. You know, for a lot of people who maybe were uh, just born in this country, had citizenship because the way citizenship works in the U.S. is not the way it works everywhere in the world. Correct. Right? Yes, yes. You, If you are born on this soil – in this country, then you are automatically a citizen, uh, no other concerns, right? Uh, in some other countries, that is not the case at all. So in the U.S., for many people, it seems like, yeah, okay, fine. Yeah, I'm a citizen. I mean, don't ask me to tell you where my social security card is because who keeps track of that thing? But uh, but yeah, 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 I'm, I'm, I'm here. But for many other people – you know, we have we have a lot of students, right? We have a lot of people who are in the course of getting their citizenship, right, and are definitely here as legal residents. We also have a lot of people who were maybe brought over into this country at a young age when they had, did not have the ability to consent, but this is the only home they've ever known. So even if they're not uh, technically a citizen, they are very much a resident, where are they supposed to go? You know what I mean? Well, yeah, and it's difficult to differentiate if you if you looked if you took one person who was brought to the United States when they were let's say two years old, one year old, and then somebody who was born in the United States. If you look at those two people and just sit them in a room together, I have a feeling it would be very very difficult to figure out. Which which person was born in the United States, unless you directly ask them. Yeah, that's the thing. So much of what binds people historically are going to be things like family ties. Not the, I mean, maybe the sitcom, but also just the actual <laughs> family ties of, of blood and perceived sure. relationship yeah. or religion and things like that. Uh, what is uh, the one of the bold things about the United States as a geopolitical proposition is this – this concept of people being able to say we're American, we're yeah. U.S., we're very different, but we're united by this one thing. And it's interesting because we can see that evolve throughout history. It used to be called instead of the United States, uh, the these United States, it used to be more plural and people would be much more likely to describe themselves as say a Virginian yeah. or a Floridian than they would to say that they were an American. Right? Yeah. And so this this concept of an idea means that people are bound by culture now. So to your example of taking, you know, person A and person B sitting down and talking with them, you know, they probably they they probably are very much aware of the same things. They probably like a lot of the same stuff and they definitely participate in the collective memory of big events, right? Like they're aware of the moon landing even if they don't think it happened or they're aware of, you know, 9-11 or who won the Super Bowl last year. You know what I mean? Absolutely. Uh, absolutely. So let's get to like why why the the political left and right are having such a hard time and squabbling over all this stuff. Yeah. OK. So in the months leading up to this year, the census year – Politicians on both the left and the right were fighting over the concept of adding 
any question pertaining to citizenship. Because remember, you know, all that all that's legally required in the census is that all people living in the country answer to it, even if they aren't citizens. Your citizenship should not affect you when it comes to the census. Also, right, like you could be a non-citizen but also be working under a visa exactly. right? or, or, yeah. or a temporary worker visa or something like mm-hmm. that. And then you would have to answer no. It's a very vague question that without given the proper uh, context could be very misleading and per- perhaps used in a divisive manner? I guess so, yeah. Because what if you accidentally answer inaccurately? Depending on, we know framing is a huge part of how questions are answered. But we also know this country has a lot of silly requirements in general. Like consider the fact that as far as the IRS is concerned, it doesn't matter if you sell illegal drugs. You're just supposed to report it on your taxes. <laughs> Isn't that weird? Yeah, that is very weird. And they're like, look, guys, it, it's just it, – it's the banality of bureaucracy, right? The idea that, that one department of the federal government would say, look, man, move all the heroin you want. We're the accountant people. Just tell us tell us what the profit is because we want 30 to 40 percent of it. Yeah, no, you're right. And, you know, hopefully the IRS doesn't come around and say, uh, Mr. Deccan, th- this is an awful lot of $100 Venmo charges or uh, what, what is – what are you doing with this? <laughs> <laughs> Applebee's. Yeah, I mean, it is Applebee's. I knew it. It's all Applebee's gift cards specifically. That is <laughs> – Paul's life is just literally run by Applebee's gift cards. <laughs> I have to – I know we're doing an episode. No, I'm so sorry if you're listening. Go. What's up? In honor of Paul Deccan, my wife and son and I tried – to go to an Applebee's where we thought there was one and we did we made the mistake of not checking Google Maps or anything. We were like, okay, we're gonna go to this particular area that's oh, wow. kind of close to where we are. It turned out it was a Chili's. And we, we had to eat at the Chili's, you guys. I got to tell you, though, Matt, I was picturing an even sadder result because I actually prefer Chili's over Applebee's. I'm going to put that out there. Paul's giving me the stink eye. But <laughs> what if it had been like an abandoned, sad, derelict Applebee's with tumbleweeds rolling through, just littered with chicken wing bones and, and skeletons of well, small children? I mean, that would be – I mean, that'd, that'd be, be great. pretty dope, right? Yeah, I'd you probably just start rolling and, like, uh, when I say that, I mean a uh, camera. You mean rolling <laughs> around in the dead children bones? Uh, you mean turning on a camera, yes, taking yeah, MDMA, yeah. and rolling around? <laughs> yeah, like sure. Boom. No, it'd be cool. You're an urban explorer. You'd be into that. Yeah, man. I mean, candy flipping at an Applebee's has always been a dream of mine. Um, <laughs> no, no, but no, but seriously, yeah. it, we turned out it was an Applebee's, and it got turned it had into to a Chili's. Oh, yeah, see, shifting uh, demographics, right, and trends. There you go. So maybe Applebee's are proliferating somewhere else. Oh, man. Well, we fulfilled our Applebee's mention. Uh, Thanks uh, again to corporate for sponsoring Mm -hmm. the show. And Global Illumination Unlimited uh, was, of course, the only only, uh, force with the power and the pull to make Endless apps affordable for the common man. It's so true. And kids eat free like way more than you'd think. (laughs) So, uh, so yes, the census. It is weird because ostensibly this seems like a – we can understand how people might think this would be a small thing to fight over. But then we can also understand why people might think it's a – there's something else at play. Well, for the individual, it could – 
be dire. There could be dire right, consequences. Exactly. And there is a ton of misinformation and disinformation floating around this issue. In general, here's the gist, the lay of the land. Uh, the forces on what we would call the political right of the U.S. want generally want a citizenship question and the forces on the political left generally don't. Uh, this went all the way to the Supreme Court. The Supreme Court agreed – I don't know if you'd say they agreed with the left or the right. They agreed with the Constitution and they ruled against the citizenship question in June of 2019 – uh, at the time, the presidential administration balked at this ruling and sought to keep it in. Uh, they were kicking around the idea of doing an executive order for this, uh, but ultimately did not. Here's, here's the idea. The political left say that this is a cynical, illicit move by the political right and that it's not on the up and up. They say the whole reason this is happening is because the right is conspiring to gain more congressional power. We have a quote from Reuters that breaks it down pretty well. States with high numbers of immigrant and Latino residents, led by New York State, sued to block the citizenship question. They said it would cause an undercount of their populations and disproportionately hurt their regions by costing them U.S. House of Representatives seats and millions of dollars in federal funding. Immigrant advocacy groups said the government's plan aimed to discriminate against non-white immigrants. So we'll dig into that in a second. Let's go to the other side of the argument. This comes from U.S. Commerce Secretary Wilbur Ross, and it goes something like this. Wilbur Ross argues that reinstating a citizenship question, which had existed on smaller questionnaires sent to smaller subsets of the population in the past, would produce better data on enforcement of the Federal Voting Rights Act protecting the electoral power of minorities. So on that side, they're saying this will give a better understanding of uh, the of the population of the U.S. and this will allow us to do a better job with the Federal Voting Rights Act. And then Ross also has what I would say is a fairly weak argument, which is uh, every, the everybody else is doing an argument and says, you know, plenty of other countries ask this question on their census. Which is true, but it doesn't it doesn't necess- the problem is it doesn't necessitate what one country does does not mandate the actions of another country. It's like when your mom always asks you, just because your friends put a citizenship question on their census, mm. are you gonna do it too? Mm. Well, it is an interesting point there and and it's causing me a bit of a I don't, I'm having a an issue with this internally as we're talking str- about it. I, I can see what you're saying. Where, I get what you're getting at, I think. Well, just where – depending on where you're, you're lying and what you're arguing, it does feel like if you did have better data on sure. the voters and people who are being affected by voter suppression, well, then you could help to fix that problem. But you could also identify people to suppress votes – um, simultaneously, it's that weird thing of by observing, right. you're going to change the the whole thing, like well, by taking the census alone. It's also it's it's technology, it's dual purpose technology. It's it's a question of trust and good faith. You know, you're building the same kind of centrifuges you use to create nuclear power can create nuclear weapons. Yeah. Let's be real, though. I mean, the 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 backlash and the 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 controversiality controversiality of this is largely because of the state of 
politics right now. It, it seems divisive because people are interpreting it as a direct uh I think, request from our current president who has made some pretty divisive statements about how he feels about immigration and how he feels, you know, the quality of human that he considers to be uh, coming over to our country. Right. Yeah. This, I mean, I'm, yeah. I'm not – there's no judgment either way. I'm just saying he has made these comments and I think a lot of people on the left especially are associating this question with let's figure out how to root out – Illegals. Absolutely. I mean, that's a, that's absolutely one of the concerns, right? Uh, because we know that the immigration policies have been a hot button topic for this administration since day one. Now, want to point out that there were people who didn't agree with Secretary Ross. Uh, one group that did not agree with him was the actual Census Bureau. Uh, they found that a question about citizenship would lead to less accurate rather than more accurate reporting because their estimates found that something like 6.5 million people would not respond to the census if they knew this question was on there, massively skewing data for the same reason because they're thinking, given the activity of, of ICE and other law enforcement agencies, am I just raising my hand to, say, discriminate against me or kick me out of the country uh, or, you know, like what happens if you – what happens if you're here on a student visa, which is completely above the board and legal by all the laws in the land, and you say, okay, I am not a citizen. I'm a student here on a visa. I'm studying neuroscience or sports medicine or art history or something like that, right, and, or computer engineering, whatever sure, you have. Sure, sure. And then later – Shortly thereafter, the administration changes some law, which means your student visa is null and void, and you were planning to be here to finish school, but now you're being deported. You know what I mean? That's like – that's yeah. completely hypothetical. There are a lot of ifs involved there, a lot of ifs thens, but you can understand where people are coming from. The other thing here, I'm still going down a mildly conspiratorial route, is that let's say you did have something like 6.5 million people not responding to the census mm -hmm. because of the citizenship question. If you did get it on there, you could just take that 6.5 million people or households, you know, because you would know the address where the census was sent to and you knew you would know that it was not responded to. You could use that as identifying potentially either, you know, people uh -huh. who are abstaining in protest sure. or people who are actually perhaps have an issue with That's citizenship. Right. That's right. And, and I mean, you know, if, if you think about like we talked about the uh, sort of antiquated nature of the – let's not even call it technology. It's basically just human beings and paper and the mail. Mm -hmm. It's barely – I mean, you know, there's obviously a web portal that you could use to register, but uh, it's such blunt instrument technology. It doesn't seem like it's very precision targeted that, you know, you could be hard to glean that much specifics about what you're talking about. Mm -hmm. But I guess you could – you could t turn the screw a little bit and, and uh, you know, and, and, and consider targeting people who did not uh, participate and, and say, oh, instantly that means that they're – here illegally, and then we can send ICE to their door. Just saying Homeland Security and ICE need to always have a bigger budget the next year. Right. Well, every – that's the thing. Every government organization needs a bigger budget yep. <laughs> every year. Uh, and I think we've talked about this in the past, right? Just to reiterate, the weird thing about uh, at least the U.S. government and the way budgets work, so re regardless of 
budget cuts or what you're, whatever group you're naming, uh, most U.S. departments, from what we understand, have to spend the entirety of their budget by the end of the fiscal year because if they don't, then their budget gets cut, uh, cut to like take the gap away for the next year. Yeah. You can't roll it over like rollover minutes on AT&T? No, no, no. you can't roll That's it over. That's the whole over. point. If you didn't need that much money, you're not going to get it next year. It's if a you, tough world. If you needed more money and you had to spend every single dime you had and we really could have used another $220 million, $2 billion. Okay, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna <laughs> to tell you guys a secret. I don't know if I ever mentioned this on air. This is, this is an open secret. This is not anything that's going to get... Anybody black bag or killed? This is just kind of Joseph Heller, Kurt Vonnegut level hilarious. Public schools are are ultimately getting destroyed on purpose by private industry. Oh, sorry. Oh, that's I mean, That's true. Okay, but uh, no, no. There is a day, a single day in the year, uh, where <laughs> where uh, people in the military industry clamor to spend the last of the budget they're in charge of. And the day ends on mi- at, at, at like midnight Pacific Coast time, mm-hmm. uh, and so this day is this day is famous in the industry. Make no mistake, it very much is an industry. This day is famous in the industry, uh, such that people, very important, high level people, will just put aside a few hours when it gets around like ten p.m. Because they know they're going to get calls and they're, and it's going to be from their peers and they see how they can move the money around because no one wants to get caught out. It's like a weird game of musical chairs. Yeah. You know what I mean? Very expensive game of musical chairs <laughs> or a cakewalk with a billion-dollar cake. <laughs> Very expensive chairs for sure, yeah. So let's go back to this. So we already know that the, the financial situation is a little bit absurd, but – Back to the Supreme Court, we know that these the, this idea, the Census Bureau essentially says this could mean 6.5 million people go missing from the census. The courts also disagree with Ross's reasoning. Interestingly enough, for anybody who finds themselves being overly partisan, this was a ruling by Chief Justice John Roberts, who himself is a conservative judge. He's he's not going to be overly biased, at least not ostensibly so, just because an idea is coming from the conservative side. He ruled against this citizenship question. Four liberal judges joined him, justices joined him. And then he also noted, this is interesting, in the in their uh in their decision, they note, you know what's weird, Wilbur, is that you've seemed to determined to specifically add the citizenship question. Like, that has been your main thing since your first day at the Commerce Department. Implication being, don't you have other stuff to do? Why is it just this one issue, right? So it's common for maybe a local politician to run on one issue. Let's fix the pothole on 4th Street. But it's not common for a secretary of an entire – or it shouldn't be common for a secretary of an entire department to do this – to myopically focus on this one thing. And that's when – that's when a guy – that's when a guy named Thomas Hofeller or Hoffeller comes into play. He died in 2018. He was a Republican strategist and redistricting expert, a gerrymanderer extraordinaire. And he was one of the uh, biggest cheerleaders of adding the citizenship question to the census. Uh, He was instrumental in it. 
even way back in 2015, where he did a study and concluded that this would, adding this question would be, quote, and we're quoting him. We're not, we're not spending this. This is what this man said. He said, we need a citizenship question because it would be, quote, advantageous to Republicans and non-Hispanic whites in redrawing electoral districts based on census data. So it appears that at least in one case, what the political left was saying when they said it was a grab for power in the House of Representatives, yeah. it appears backed up by at least – one guy, the guy who uh, was in charge of so many plans for district uh, for district uh, design, the current administration dismissed this as a conspiracy theory. And the court, we should note, while shooting down the citizenship question, they did not address the idea of the, the ultimate argument is minimizing the influence of non-white residents or voters, or maximizing of right. the. The white residents, right? Non-Hispanic that's that's residents. that's the argument, and it got cloudy because there was a ton of misinformation. There were radio pundits who were alleging that um, the preceding presidential administration, the uh, Obama administration, had removed the the question from the census in 2010. Uh, that's at best misleading, right? But wait, but but why why was it such a big news item? for this census but not then if it was removed as well like how do we even find out about a question before it comes out if someone doesn't kind of want you to know about it right because there's a lot of people who want it to be on there mm -hmm. and there's a lot of people who don't want it to be on right. there uh, and they're they're both alleging that the other party is conspiring to do stuff right mm -hmm. so it, it's strange because again to be clear there have been citizenship questions before uh, I, I think from 1890 through 1950 according to the census bureau there were uh, questions or forms that ask citizenship information. And then there are other forms that are not the quote-unquote big census, but they're smaller versions of it, and they've asked questions too. But this thing hasn't really been around uh, for, for a long time. At this point, uh, the Trump administration has decided not to, def not to fight the decision any further. The census question has been confirmed. It's officially removed. But social media would have you believe differently. You'll see a ton of things coming from what seems to be both sides saying that the citizenship question is still on the census. That is just not true. It's not true. Is it, is it the age of weaponized information? I would argue yes. Uh, it's also, you know, a, a clear lack of critical thinking. But we have people like Tim Olson, the associate director for field operations at the Census Bureau, on record multiple yeah. times saying, yeah, it's, it's not happening. Stop, stop freaking out, guys. He didn't say stop freaking out. No, he said no. it's not happening. Yeah, exactly. Um, if, you, if you are skeptical of what we're saying here, you know that because you've read it on social media, you think, oh, the, the question is either definitely going to be there or whatever social post you happen to see. You can always go to census, C-E-N-S-U-S dot gov. Through there, you can find uh, essentially what, it, what is a sample census survey mm -hmm. uh, that's going to come to your door if it hasn't already, if you're in Alaska. Um or whenever you're hearing this, perhaps it's come to your door already. But you could you can go online and find what it's going to look like. 
Yeah, yeah. And, you know, one thing is for sure. Citizenship question aside, this decade census is going to have a huge number of problems. We barely talked about the apocalyptic conspiracies. Oh, I know. Right? Uh, here are just a few other things. Politicians are very worried that the Bureau is underprepared uh, and very worried that the technology being implemented won't work. And after you see the way that different uh, electronic uh, voting systems and strategies have, have gone kaput over the years, uh, when you see all the problems that happen with things like having an app for a primary and so on. Yeah. Yeah, it's pretty easy to understand why there would be a lot of people saying this is this is a recipe for disaster. Are we going to do one on the caucus debacus? I think that would be a lot of fun. Yeah, I wonder how it's going to shake out, you know? It's crazy. Honestly, what's happening? I haven't uh, heard anything. Well, uh, they are deciding South Carolina based on oiled-up arm wrestling. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Whoa. I really need to check my news app more often. It was it was Joe Snakebite Biden's idea. He goes by Snakebite. <laughs> Which news app do you use? Do you use the one that the Clinton Foundation designed? Because that's that's the one you should be using. The Clinton Foundation news app. News app. Yeah. Is it really? No, I don't know. I, Did I make this up? Wasn't was no. there? There was a connection with uh, the Clintons and the app. That, no, that, uh, no, yeah. no. I, I use the Clinton Foundation email server. Uh, uh, yeah, 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 that's a, an email app. I miss. You know what? I miss. Is my, that the one with a self destruct button built in? Uh, I, I miss uh, my primary news source for U.S. news. Used to always be Call a Swede when they were still open. They were just so much more well informed than I was. You know, you would I just understand. call a random Swedish person. They would break stuff down. They're for also you. good at saying it very gently. You know, mm-hmm. in a way that doesn't like get your stress levels up. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I mean, it's like, yeah, wow. I just heard about all these natural disasters that are happening in our country. Dear Swedish stranger, could you tell me more? And they, you know, they gently said, they're like, well, you also see me. You know? <laughs> uh, hey, hey, while we're talking about this, yeah. can we briefly just mention something that some people have written to us and we've seen some reviews on the old Apple podcast app about? What was it? Uh, political ads showing up in this show. Oh, yeah. We did not have a say in that. When we found out about those, we went and got them pulled post-haste. Yes, mm-hmm. we did. Uh, mm-hmm. this, this, show is not, uh, this show is not a show for political advertisements. Uh, we, we think stupidity tends to be distributed, uh, unfortunately. <laughs> Equally. Oh, yeah. <laughs> but as, as we also know, tis the season and a certain uh, – a certain former New York mayor has really been pumping some some pony bones into the old uh, ad machine, and you may have heard one or two from him by accident. But we we've taken care of that, and we you know to to our our boss's credits or our, our company's credits, we are almost always able to vet those. These just kind of snuck through. Um, it was no one's fault in particular. It's Bloomberg's fault. I'll say that. Well, that's true. Yeah. That's I wasn't going to name names, but it's <laughs> all on the table. So I, I don't under, – OK. I don't understand. Now, I'm coming in hot because we just learned about this. And Paul, please just give us the second. I do not yield my time. Uh, I don't I, – I, I don't understand. How would you spend that much money on these ads when you have no chance being president? Like statistically, <laughs> there's not a model where it works out unless multiple – 
other candidates, including the person who's currently in office, all somehow die. That's the only mm. way you, you that said this guy's jockeying for a cabinet position, maybe. Ben? Yeah, yeah, yeah. We talked off air. I said, you know, the only calculus that makes sense is if he's able to do a backroom sale of any votes he gets. To, to broker that as a trade-off for a cabinet position of some sort. Wait, a ba- of, of votes? I, I don't understand. So like if you – so if he grew, for instance, a voting population of people who were pro-Bloomberg voters and then he, you know, he definitely w- didn't have a shot at getting a Dem nomination or didn't run as an independent or and anything. he endorsed or something? And then or, he said, yeah. I'm going to, you know, I'm going to throw all my votes to, you know, insert here uh, the Richard Simmons, Harvey Keitel, Fran Drescher. They sent him to Bernie. Who has a new show, by the way. Fran Drescher? Uh-huh. I always really? had the hots for her. I've carried a torch for the longest time for the nanny. I, you know, rewatched it. Did not age well. Did not yeah. age well. Oh, I can only imagine. <laughs> but, uh, but uh, you know, then he would say – then Bloomberg would say, hey, I've got, you know, celebrity endorsements like Fran Drescher. I've got, you know, uh, like th- 3 or 5 percent of the vote or 10 percent of the vote or whatever. I'll throw them to you if you make me secretary of Bloombergery or whatever. Mm. But again, throw them, you mean just endorse this candidate. Yeah. Right. But then also take his massive war chest from his campaign – and maybe start donating. Got it. To or, you know, the email, the Lists. email list right, that right. you've generated and the phone numbers and all that Ooh, stuff. Good I call. Mean, it's just all, it's all monetizable. You just send it all out there. You uh, know, I just yeah. really quickly. Please. Um, selfishly and for no reason other than for my own delight, I very much want Bernie Sanders to become the next president of the United States. Because I want to watch SNL. I knew you were going for, to say that <laughs> for the for the foreseeable future in the next four years or however long it is um, with Larry David just on the screen all the time. So because it's like a whole new curb season, he, which think, is out right now. Yeah, yeah. You think he'd carry that torch the way that uh, that uh, Alec Baldwin has? He for would. Trump? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's 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 probably a contractual thing too. Also, uh, you know, they are actually related. They are cousins. That's right. No, they're not. Yes. I did, no, I found that they out. Are I didn't believe it either, but it's true. They are cousins. Distant yeah. or like a co- several. Yeah. 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 Oh, you're blowing my mind right now. Well, uh, I mean, <laughs> that great impression didn't come out of nowhere, man. <laughs> but uh, this – so this – we're putting a light spin at the end because this is a serious issue. You know, we we tend to be pretty mindful when we report on things that are ongoing. This is beyond ongoing. This hasn't happened yet. Really, this is happening next month. Uh, the We can confirm officially that the Census Bureau says there will not be a citizenship question on the census. Uh, your social media of choice, and this is just my opinion, needs to do a much better job of fact-checking and uh, and stopping some of this kind of copy pasta that proliferates because it – it's misinforming people and the only way that a crazy experiment like the United States works – and sorry, my patriotism is showing here – is when the people are informed and in a world of information warfare, which make no mistake is in full swing and has been, then one of the most powerful resources of any republic is being crippled. And one of the most powerful resources of any republic historically has been an informed public. And how long will we have that? 
I, just, I didn't want to add anything to that. That was awesome. But. I don't know. I mean, I mean, it's not a rhetorical question. How long? Somebody in Vegas is taking bets on this right now. I guarantee it. We're due, right? I mean, just historically, we're due. Oh, yeah. We're hitting that 200-year mark. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, man. Oh, gosh. We're past it. Yeah. 1976, right? Yep. Yep. We're overdue. Oh, well. So before it all burns down, we would like to hear from you. We want to know your take. We spent a lot of time on the citizenship question, but we also want to hear your favorite census conspiracies, maybe not even necessarily in this country but or in this time, but in other times and in other parts of the world. Let us know. You can find us on Facebook. You can find us on Instagram. You can find us on Twitter. We love to recommend our Facebook group page. Here's where it gets crazy. You can also find us as individual human people of the internet. I am uh, at How Now Noel Brown exclusively on Instagram. I am Matt Frederick underscore iHeart. And you can find me on Instagram where I am at Ben Bolin. You can uh, see some of my latest misadventures in other countries. I got successfully in and out of Japan again. That was that was. Somewhat unexpected, but cool. And hey, you remember when we, we said we couldn't tell you about where Ben? Oh, yeah, yeah. Well, it's on Instagram if you want to find it, at Ben Bullying. Is it though? Is it on your grid? I thought it was only on your stories. It is, yeah, yeah. It was my, gridded up. my first onstage appearance in Japan, which was not That's on right. a Jumbotron. I was on stage. <laughs> Wait, no, but I saw a video though. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. They, yeah, I was on the video and then I was on the – yeah, you were was, actually on stage. There's this whole thing. This was at Pearl Land, the uh, Sanrio uh, Paradise Amusement Park. Yeah, it's a long story. It's, if, if you've ever been to Rock City and thought, you know, this, whoever made this needed to do more acid than Sanrio, <laughs> Pearl Land is for you. Uh-huh. Hey, wait, I'm, uh, were you chosen, like, out of the audience? Or yeah, were you... I have a history of that, yeah. Wow. Well, it's... It's a story for another day. You're also a quintessentially American-looking dude. I'm just going to point that out. Yeah, there's that, you know. I think that had a fact, <laughs> that part to play. Uh, you can also, if you don't like the social means for one reason or another, you can also call us, or let's be honest, you can call Matt mm, directly. Directly to his which, phone. Which, by the, the way, by the way, man, how many times do Noel and I have to volunteer to, to be on the voicemail ring. I sent it to you guys. I Did sent you, really? you all the login and yeah. I'll, 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 I'll send it again. No, no. No You've worries. You've already done your piece, Matt. No, no. Okay, I'll, I'll, I'll dig back and find it. Because <laughs> you shouldn't be, you should not be uh, shouldering that cross alone. I, it's all good. I, we, okay, putting this out there. Noel and I, while you were in Japan, did a listener voicemail episode. I only went through about 50, 60 voicemails to get the batch that we ended up using. Matt, that's still kind of a lot. Well, and we didn't use all of them. Um, we certainly didn't use all 50. We, we boiled down to like 10 maybe. Um, in that time, that day until mm-hmm. right now, mm-hmm. we've received another 40 voicemails. So Wow. I'm, I'm like – uh, well, uh, <laughs> Ben, I, I wanted to say to uh, we typically do these when someone's out of town or something, but we had a really good time doing it and it, and found that it was a pretty great organic way to just like talk about a bunch of different stuff. And I personally had a had a blast doing it. And I think I, I would put forth maybe we should do them a little more often, make them a little yeah. more regular to cut into that backlog because there's a lot of good content. Yeah, actually, so- I mean, I'm on the research side because I think that uh, I think that it's good to have some more substantive stuff. But I see what you're saying about the listener mail, and I'm totally down. Yeah, yeah, I I would love to do more just because 
uh, everyone who is calling in just has wonderful, really interesting things to say. Yeah. So, uh, yeah. yeah, let's do that. Our number is one eight three three S T D W Y T K. Give us a call. Three minutes you got. You can leave more than one if you wish, uh, or, you know, just leave one nice and short one. Those are the best because they work really well in an episode for us. All right, here uh, here we go. If you don't want to do that stuff, you can always send us a good old-fashioned email. We are conspiracy at iheartradio.com. Stuff They Don't Want You to Know is a production of iHeartRadio's How Stuff Works. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows. Live Nation presents Concert Week. From now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 summer shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirks Bentley, Janet Jackson, Megan Trainer, Peso Pluma, Sean Paul, Sum 41, and many more. For way less. Grab your tickets now through May 14th to see all of the artists you love all summer long. For just $25. each. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert Week to buy now. That's LiveNation.com slash Concert Week to buy now. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow the global story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. With every CBD product claiming to do something different, it's nearly impossible to decide what's best for you. Lazarus Naturals pioneered the farm-to-front-door model of transparency where they handle each step of the production process to ensure quality, potency, and consistency. Scannable labels allow you to see the test results of your hemp batch so you can be confident in the safety and quality. Visit LazarusNaturals.com today. Lazarus Naturals, committed to improving your life as well as the world around you. Not available in Idaho, Iowa, or South Dakota. 